Many of us spend our careers saving for retirement. When that time actually comes, it can be a little intimidating and downright scary. Change is hard, and on today's show, we'll share some tips on making a smooth transition into retirement. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. You could check out his website, laurelwealthsolutions.com. He is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience. Welcome, Steve. How are you today? I'm doing great, Teresa. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Getting ready for uh, Memorial Day is coming up and summer's about ready to kick off. I think, I think we're all ready for that now that things are progressing. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, yes. So well, one thing, and, you know, talking about Memorial Day or summer, you've got your summer plans, maybe you want to take a trip, vacation, or just want to still hang out at home, and that's okay. But um, the theme about our show is pretty consistent. It's all about the plan. Speaking of plans, you have to have one when it comes to retirement. So when it comes time to implement it, um, starting to spend some of that money we've been saving can be a little overwhelming because we're so used to saving and saving and saving and now it's time to spend it. You're like, oh, what do I do? So we're going to break down some steps to have a smooth transition into retirement. The first, of course, is to take stock of your situation. Make sure you know everything about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. As life expectancies increase, the time you spend in retirement can begin to rival the time you spend working and saving for retirement. So you wanna make sure you have a plan with your advisor and that he or she stresses your retirement plan and make sure it pans out under a variety of market environments and in different situations. Mm -hmm. um, because it's not just your life expectancy that you're, you're trying to, to gauge, it's also the, the various market conditions. And so you, ha you have to see if you're on track for your goals. And one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is when they meet with – there's so many people out there that call themselves financial planners or retirement distribution planners. And as the baby boom generation has started to retire, there's been this mass push to try and create a simple output that kind of explains to someone on if they're on track you know, in a one- or two-page printout. And what gets lost when you do that is some of the accuracy. In fact, a lot of the accuracy. So when you're doing a plan, the reason you want to do a plan is because you want to sleep well at night. And in order to sleep well at night, you want to have a high degree of confidence that that plan is accurate. And unfortunately, a lot of plans out there kind of just take a, a look at what markets have done historically, say, over the last 10 years, and then they extrapolate it out in a straight line. Now, a lot of different things can happen. Uh, over the course of your retirement. But one thing I know for sure that won't happen is that your investments aren't going to go up in a straight line by the exact same percentage. Mm -hmm. But yet a lot of planning is done that way. 
And so what we want to do is create a degree of confidence. So we're going to look at forward-looking assumptions, meaning we're not going to look at what the market has done historically. We're going to look at what the market has done and where it's positioned relative to its long-term historical average. What do I mean by that? Well, with the stock market over the last 10 years, it's averaged over 13.5%. But over the last 100 years, it's averaged more like 10%. So if you have a 10-year period where the market has done significantly better than the, the long-term average, it stands to reason that there will be a period where the market does significantly worse than the long-term average. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a big problem with bonds and stocks and the way that financial plans are, are run. Because if they're looking at historical data, both the bond market and the stock market have been running significantly higher than their long-term historical average. So there'll be something, there'll be a period called reversion to the mean, meaning there'll be a period of underperformance. And so you want to do a forward assumption that takes that into account and projects at a lower rate. It's always smarter to project a more conservative number because if you if you overplan for a risk, it's always easier to to make adjustments in the other direction than if you underplan for a risk. Then how do you develop confidence? Well, you don't want to plan in a straight line. So you want to use something called the Monte Carlo simulation. And what that is, a Monte Carlo simulation it traces back to the Manhattan Project because when you're splitting atoms, you can't just do trial and error. So when we when we we do the same thing for our portfolio, we're, we're going to run it a thousand times a year and think about the results kind of in a bell curve shape. So if we project your portfolio is going to do, say, 7%, that would be the 50th percentile. That would be the top of the bell curve. And we're going to have 999 other results. Half of them are going to be better than that. Half of them are going to be worse. At the extremes will be markets like the Depression and great markets like the 90s. Mm -hmm. So if you're hitting your goals above the 50th percentile, for every percent you get above the 50th percentile, you could do 2% worse than the projection. And so if you're hitting your goals at, say, the 70th percentile, that means you don't, you don't only hit your goals if the markets do what we think they're going to do, but the markets could actually do 40% worse than what we're projecting, and you'd still hit your goals. So it gives you a much higher degree of confidence than someone who's planning in a linear fashion. Okay, okay. Also, another one kind of mentioned it earlier, adjusting from saving to spending. Because we're so used to saving, but now, now it's time to spend. But you want to make sure you're doing it the right way. <laughs> you have 30 days in which to spend 30 million bucks. If you can do it, you get 300 million. It's got to be a catch. Of course, there's a catch. You have to spend the 30 million. That, of course, is from the famous movie Brewster's Millions. Okay. Um, but as you're, as we, you know, we were talking, Teresa. You know, it, it, it's it's a mindset, right? You've been saving your whole life for retirement, or it feels like your whole life. And now you have to go all of a sudden and start spending. And so um, there, some people will, will go over the top with the spending. Some people will be overly conservative and, and not spend enough. Mm -hmm. And so um, changing your mindset from saving for retirement to spending in retirement can be a challenge. And you know, namely, you want to consider how you're balancing risk. And balancing risk is, is, like I said, everyone does it differently, right? So some people are saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to need this money potentially till I'm 95 years old and I, I want to make it last. And others will say, well, I could die tomorrow and I, I want to spend and do the things that I want to do. And probably somewhere in between, there's a happy medium. And so that's what we look to do. Right, right. 
Okay. All right. And and so what we're gonna what we're offering people today, Teresa, and for the first fifteen people who call in, is we're gonna offer a comprehensive financial plan, a retirement distribution plan that's gonna look at your whole picture. Um, it's it's a customized plan to meet your individual needs. We're gonna provide you with con- you know a, a mix of of aggressive and conservative investments designed to preserve and grow your assets. And we're gonna help you avoid costly tax mistakes. We're also gonna make sure that everything we do is easy to follow and understand and that you can we break it down in a way that you can understand it. So it's one thing to have investments, it's another thing to understand why you have the investments that you have. And so, and we're gonna always treat you with the dignity that you deserve and the respect that you deserve. And you know, that's that's important that you have a relationship with someone who's not just guiding you, but is 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 really looking at your best interest and and what what works for you. And we're going to make that available free of charge to the next 15 callers. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees. It's common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk in a sales pitch. You just need to sit down and get a financial roadmap put together and Steve is going to translate that complex financial world into something that just makes sense. Again, that number to call Steve, 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. What's coming up next, Steve? When faced with the loss of a spouse, there are many decisions that have to be made. A wrong financial decision can be costly. When we come back, we're gonna look at some mistakes to avoid when a spouse passes away. You are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience, and uh, he can help you out with estate planning, financial planning, health insurance, long-term care, tax planning, and so much more, so much more. So we're talking before about, you know, how you need to start Spending when it comes to retirement. And you want to make sure you're doing all the right things because, you know, it's just something you're not used to dealing with. You were so used to saving. Well, there, another hard thing to go through is the loss of a spouse. Of course, we were mentioning that before the break. And most experts agree making major financial decisions after the loss of a spouse is not a good idea. And you want your emotions to settle down a bit and then meet with your advisor so you can avoid costly mistakes. Uh, one of those first ones is ignoring tax implications. Right. And this is one that we see very often. Uh, so, for example, um, let's just say you your spouse was a government employee and has a, a nice size pension, and maybe they took a, a half survivor option or a full survivor option. For purposes of just this, this scenario, let's just say they took the full survivor option. So now you're getting the same income payment that you were getting, but now you're paying a higher percentage tax on it because you're not filing jointly anymore. And so you're either filing as an individual or you're filing as a head of household, but um, those are higher tax brackets. And so now you, you're going to have a higher effective tax rate. And it's something that you have to consider um, when a spouse passes away. Okay. Okay. Also failing to plan for lower social security and annuity income. Yeah, so the the opposite can be true in the situation where you don't have a survivor benefit. So sometimes um, <clears throat> someone will replace 
their spouse's pension with uh, a life insurance policy. Or sometimes people will just say, you know what, I'm just going to take the, I'm just going to take the higher pension payment. And, you know, um, we see that more often when it's the, uh, when it's a, a, you know, the, the wife who has the pension, um, because women have a longer life expectancy, a lot of times they don't take a survivor benefit for their husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now in that situation, um, you know, if the wife predeceases the husband, all of a sudden the husband has no income stream and um, they still have to live. Right. So right. and perhaps the wife's Social Security was also higher so they can switch to her Social Security, but they lose their own. So um, instead of getting, say, one and a half times what they, you know, the Social Security amount was, they're getting just one. And so they have to make do on that. Um, and so that's that's definitely something that you need to consider. And when you're doing a retirement distribution plan, you want to have some of those what if scenarios in your financial plan, especially if you have a large, a large pension. So I work with a lot of um, retired government employees and a lot of uh, retired law enforcement and teachers who have large pensions. Um, And, you know, perhaps the spouse doesn't have a pension. So that decision to make to choose a survivor benefit is not one that should be taken lightly. It's something that you should go through the different scenarios and see what the risk is if you pass away at various times. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good to know. Also taking unplanned withdrawals from tax deferred accounts. Yeah. So this is a, this is a misstep too, where you, you know, you, you, um, you're, you're grieving, right. And so now you have to pay, um, all of the final expenses and there could be some medical bills as well as funeral costs and things of that nature. And rather than waiting for the insurance money to come in or waiting or, or taking it from your bank, um, your IRAs typically, your retirement accounts typically have beneficiary designations. So you, you're able to get that money as a spouse pretty much right away into your own retirement. And what happens is a lot of times people will take a large distribution from the retirement account of their their late spouse, um, and then that throws them into an even higher tax bracket. Okay. All right. Also, we've got um, paying taxes on retirement account withdrawals too soon. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, don't don't give uh, Uncle Sam money before you have to, right? Right. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you can delay as a spouse. So the one relationship where you can delay having to pay taxes because you can roll that uh, that retirement account into your own retirement account. Now, every other type of beneficiary has to liquidate that retirement account within 10 years, um, sometimes within five years if it's going into like a trust type situation. Um, but as a spouse, you can roll it into your own retirement and continue to defer it. And so uh, that's a huge advantage. And so if you're not taking advantage of that, that's that's a mistake. Okay. Okay. Also, too, uh, getting stuck paying a 10% early withdrawal pen- penalty. You def- definitely don't want to do that. Why lose more money? Yeah, no. If you're the surviving spouse and you're younger than 59 and a half and you need to access some funds from a retirement account, um, then that would be a situation where you transfer it into an inherited spousal IRA because as an inheritor, you don't pay that 10% penalty. But if you were to roll the entire thing into your IRA, then um, 
and you're under 59 and a half, they don't distinguish that part of it came from inheritance. Mm -hmm. And so you would be subject to that 10% penalty. Okay. Okay. This one too has been changed a little bit um, in the recent years. Forgetting to take a required minimum distribution. You don't want to Yeah. Do so that. last year they, with the CARES Act, there were no minimum distributions, but mm -hmm. um, distributions from retirement accounts are required after age 72, even in the year when someone passes away. And so, um, you know, you can't just say, oh, I didn't know about it. Um, you have to take the minimum distribution. And usually, um, even if you haven't done, you know, the, the claim paperwork for the plan, if the person was minimum distribution age, the plan will be sending you letters saying, hey, look, we haven't heard from you. You need to take your minimum distribution. Even if they haven't, if they're, even if they're not aware that the person has passed away, they'll be sending those letters. So mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure that those distributions get taken because it is a pretty significant penalty if you don't. Right, right. And focusing on your kids over your own financial stability. We always hear this all the time. You'd like to help them out, but you got to make sure you're taken care of first. Yeah, no. And we, I mean, we, we, I, we've talked about this on the show before, but I mean, it's the same premise as when you go up in an airplane and they say, you know, in the event of an emergency, make sure your own mask is secured before you, you help others, right. right? It's the same, the same thing. So you, yes, if you know you're going to have more than enough money to live on and you want to help your kids by all means do that, but make sure you have a plan and you've actually stress tested and, and you're sure that you have enough money. For the next 10 callers, Teresa, we're going to, we, and we still have, you know, 10 spots left. We're going to do a complimentary retirement distribution plan and it's going to really give you an education. It's going to look at your different re retirement income sources. It's going to tell you, Hey, here's the what if scenarios. If, if, if you pass away at this age, here's what your pension your, your pension survivor benefits going to look like. Um, you're also going to understand if what you're paying in fees and commissions. We're also going to kind of demystify your life insurance. So if you, if you have a pension and someone said, don't take the survivor benefit buy life insurance instead, we're going to make sure that that, that, that strategy is sound. Um, sometimes um, someone will have you buy a 10 year term policy and well, what happens if you pass away after the 10 years? Is that policy convertible? Um, so we're going to look at those those type of things and see is the is the strategy that you have employed right now sound or not. And we're going to offer that to the next 10 callers um, who call into the show. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity to build a tomorrow that you want. There is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation. Find out what your investments are really costing you because of high fees or commissions, what future tax implications will be, and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement. Pick up the phone and call Steve right now. Phones are ringing, folks, and spots are filling up. Give him a call, 800 705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's on the way next, Steve? Well, there are many risks when it comes to retirement planning, from longevity risk to healthcare cost risk. We'll break them down and highlight how to avoid them. Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. You can check out his website, laurelwealthsolutions.com. 
And speaking of which, he's president, president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. And I want to keep mentioning this because it's important. He is a fiduciary. And what that means is he's got your best interest in mind. Uh, he's not out there pushing a plan or some get, trying to get a commission. He's going to sit there and listen to what your concerns and plans for the future for you. So he's, he takes all that in consideration and makes a specialized plan for you. And give him a call. We'll give out the number shortly. We all know that uh, the older we get, the lower the risk should be in our retirement portfolios. There was the game of risk. I don't know if people still play that or not, but, you know, <laughs> retirement is not a game. You know, don't want to play around with it. I mean, I have to have a little risk, but not too much. So we're going to take a look at some common ones to figure out if risk we should be taking or not. First is the longevity risk. Yeah, no, and this is a topic that, again, most financial planners don't even understand. Mm -hmm. And the ones that do, um, you know, who are doing retirement distribution, they're looking at more factors than just arbitrarily picking a number. Mm -hmm. Now, the number that that a lot of times gets arbitrarily picked is 90 years old. And you might think to yourself, well, why am I going to how am I going to live to 90 years old? A lot of people don't think they're going to make it to 90. Right. Right, but um the reason they they kind of choose that number arbitrarily because if you're a 65-year-old couple um and typically if you're doing a retirement distribution plan, you're you're nearing 65 if you're not 65 already. Um, there's a 49% chance that one of the two of you is going to make it to 90. And so um, that that tends to be kind of a default age. But um, there's a lot of things that go into life expectancy. And so whatever you know, you think your life expectancy is, um, you want to you want to really kind of look at the factors. And so what do I mean by that? Well, so are, do you have pre-existing health conditions, right? That's the number one thing, right? Because if you have if you have known health issues, obviously those are going to shorten your life expectancy. Um, what is your family history, right? So if you are if you have you know rare a rare type of cancer that's in your family genes, like bile duct cancer or something like that, um, you know that obviously would lead to a, a slightly lower life expectancy projection. Um, how healthy of a lifestyle do you live? What, what, you know, what kind of foods are you eating? What, how often do you exercise? All these things have a, have a, you know, a factor. And so we tend to look at life expectancy and some of these tools online are based off of surveys. And so you have to be very cautious when you do one of these online tools, mm -hmm. because a lot of times the data, and again, we've talked about this on the show about with the baby boom generation retiring, now all of these financial services companies are conducting surveys and getting data. And so a very interesting study was done at Duke. Um, so what they did at Duke University was they said, how much does the framing of the question impact what they're getting in survey results from projected life expectancy? Hmm. And what they found was when, they, when the question asks, how long do you expect to live to instead of asking what age do you think you'll die by, that the people who were asked how long do you expect to live to gave answers ranging between seven to nine years longer than the people who said what age do you expect to die by. Right. So, Sounds more positive. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. So if where you have you, a positive question. Die? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Great. So, I mean, so you can't, you can't, you have to take any kind of survey data and stuff right. like that as a, um, 
you know, with a grain of salt. Right. And so people kind of on the cutting edge of this, this area in financial planning are actually starting to look at biological age. And so, um, you can, you can run a test nowadays just with a saliva kit that will tell you your telomere length. And that will tell you if you're older than your chronological age or if you're, you're, uh, you're younger. Mm -hmm. So it'll say, you know, you have the, you have the, the spleen of a 40 year old, but the liver of a 70 year old. And so, um, and then it, it, it calculates it all and tells you what your actual biological age is. So, um, you know, as, as science progresses, the, you know, the, the, the kind of hammering down of life expectancy gets a little bit more accurate, but you want it, you want, you want to work with someone who's actually looking at the risk and, and um, and planning for it as accurately as possible. I mean, you're never going to know a hundred percent, but you know, you want to definitely work with someone who's, who's got at least a grasp of, uh, of how to project it. Right. Right. I mean, and that's that's what you do. <laughs> you help your clients with that every day. Um, and you're talking about financial risk sequence and returns risk too, is another. Yeah, one. yeah. So obviously, financial risk and sequence of returns risk so are are two of the same things. It's the I call it the retirement start date lottery. Okay. So the person who retired, um, you know, at the beginning of the financial crisis in 2007 lost the retirement start date lottery, right? Because mm -hmm. they um, they now have to withdraw from a portfolio that's going down 65%, right? So um, the, the sequence of returns matters because when you're, um, when you're pulling out money from a portfolio, if you haven't time segmented your assets, you're selling more shares while the market is down, which means when the market comes back up, you don't have those shares anymore. So it's the opposite of why we contribute into our 401k, which is dollar cost averaging to get a lower average price mm -hmm. um, on what we're buying. Well, when you when you do that same technique in retirement, it's actually dollar cost ravaging because you're ravaging your portfolio when the when the market goes down. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. And also we got some healthcare cost risks. Yeah. So people think, oh, well, I have Medicare. I'm, you know, how expensive could that be? Right. But right. Um, you're going to spend a lot of money on premiums, um, co-pays and, uh, you know, you know, just your regular office visits and it's going to get more and more as you get older. And so if you buy a supplement plan, you're paying that premium as well. So, um, and there are certain things that, that aren't covered that you may want to, um, that you may want to do, especially if you get some type of more serious illness. So it's better to, again, plan for the risk and have it not occur than to not plan for it at all. Exactly, exactly. And again, this is something you help your clients every day. You help them yeah, no, this. absolutely we do. And, you know, it starts with your goals, right? So it starts with what you want your retirement to look like. And, you know, then we're going to overlay what you want your retirement to look like with your assets. And then we're going to look at the different risks that could happen to you. And so each one of those risks is a variable that factors in into your retirement plan. So it's important to account for them. And I, I, I usually will, in my planning, account for, a, you know, I, I would try and overvalue the risk rather than undervalue it because it's easier to adjust if you, if you plan for a risk being worse than it is. Um, and it just ends up being a little bit less than if you underplan for it. And so that's something that we're offering. We still have five spots left. We're going to give you a free retirement distribution plan 
um, no cost or obligation. And uh, it's really going to give you a roadmap to what your retirement's going to look like. Okay. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And that's the number to get in touch with Steve. Again, he's going to get you that roadmap to show you where you are now. But most importantly, it's going to show you where you need to be for your financial future. You've got nothing to lose everything to gain. Steve's an advisor you can trust. He's there by your side. He's listening to your concerns and plans for your future. Let him put together a lifetime customizable retirement plan for you. Again, that number, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Already our last segment's coming up. I'm excited for it. What is it, Steve? Well, it's our questions and answers. And so when we come back, we get some listener questions and you get the answers from me. Thank you for spending part of your Sunday with us. You are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. And time now for our fun segment of the show. It's listener questions. First up is Joy in Hunter's Creek. She says, I've heard that I can invest a health savings account and ETFs. How do I do this? Great question, Joy. Um, well, first off, you have to qualify for a health savings account, meaning that you have that you're not on Medicare. You have a high deductible plan. Um, you are able to contribute up to thirty six hundred dollars into the health savings account. Um, if it's a family, you could do up to seventy two hundred dollars. And depending on the plan provider, um, a lot of plans will allow you to have a brokerage account where you could then pick a. Um, you know, pick a ETF or a stock or, you know, mm-hmm. um, whatever type of investment you want. So depending on the choosing the right investment is a matter of looking at what your projected health costs are, right? So if it's money that you're going to spend over the course of the year, then you probably don't want to put that into the stock market. But if it's money that you're putting in there, but you don't think you're going to spend, that's just going to go uh, be saved for retirement, then yes, it, an ETF absolutely makes sense. All right. Next up is Darnell in Lake Hart. What fees should I expect for a normal mutual fund or ETF? Are mutual fund fees typically higher than ETF fees? Is close to 5% too high a fee? Okay. Uh, Well, let me answer the second part of that question first, Darnell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely 5% is too high of a fee. (laughs) Um, So yes, uh, ETFs are typically lower cost than mutual funds. The reason being is most mutual funds are actively managed, meaning you're paying a manager. So, um, so those, those funds tend to start off at about a half of a percent and then some of them will go north of 2%. Um, it would have to be an extraordinarily expensive mutual fund to be at a 5% expense. Um, now some, some mutual funds that are sold by, um, transaction-based brokers will have a 5% sales charge. That's different than a fee. That's a one-time, a one-time charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 5% as a fee would be way too high. And um, ETFs typically, depending on the, the company that you're using, whether it's Vanguard or iShares, they're going to sometimes, they're going to range somewhere between three one-hundredths of a percent and maybe three-tenths of a percent. So um, they're significantly less less expensive and they're a good way to get diversification. All right. 
All right, great. Next up is Leonard in Four Corners. How is the Social Security spousal benefit calculated at full retirement age and at age 70? Good question, Leonard. This is one that we get a lot, uh, and it's one that's really misunderstood. So uh, if you're collecting spousal benefit and your spouse is obviously still with us, um, then it's going to be 50% of their full retirement benefit. It doesn't matter if they waited to 70 to collect it. You're still getting 50% of their full retirement benefit. Now, you could get less than 50%, meaning if you were to take it early or they took it early, um, but you'll never get more. So you could get as little as 71% depending on how early you decided to claim your spousal benefit, but you'll never get more than 50%. So you could get 71% of that 50% number mm-hmm. um, or, you know, if you wait to your own full retirement age, you're going to get the 50%. Um, what one catch is, so some, sometimes I, I get the question, well, why, why would I then wait till 70? Well, if you're the higher earning spouse, waiting to 70 makes sense. Number one, because for every year you defer it, the number grows by 8%. And then if, God forbid, you predecease your spouse, um, they can switch to your higher benefit upon your passing. So the survivor benefit is impacted by you deferring to 70 if you're the higher earning spouse, but the spousal benefit is not. All right. And our next question comes from Jessica in Ovedo. I've done Roth IRA conversions every year for the past several years. I'm going to retire in two years with 30000 in my traditional Roth IRA. Should I continue the conversion process? So this is one, Jessica, where we're going to need a little bit more information. Um, it's you know If you're two years out from retirement, the whole benefit of a Roth IRA is allowing the money to, to defer and to grow. And so... And, one of the things that you have to realize is each one of those conversions that you did starts its own five-year clock. So to get the full benefits of it, you need to keep that money there for five years. Um, so we would really want to look at it, at your other assets and see, do you have other sources of, uh, of potential income that you could use to spend um, two years from now when you retire? If the answer is yes, and you can defer um, that money that you're converting longer term, ideally 10 to 15 years in the future, then it could potentially make sense to continue the conversion process. If it's money that you're going to spend in the first 10 years of retirement, then it probably doesn't make sense. All right. And our last question is from Jerry in Maitland. I'm turning 72 in November. When will I be required to take or to make my first RMD? And can I avoid taking the initial withdrawal and the second withdrawal in the same year? The short answer is yes. Um, you you will take a minimum distribution this year, um, and then you would take your next year's one next year. You don't have to uh, take it both in April, which uh, some some people will do. Um, the other thing you could do is if you're still working, you could roll your IRA money into your existing 401k. If you did that, then you don't have to take a minimum distribution at all. The third thing you could do is a qualified longevity annuity contract that would also allow you to potentially defer taking or reduce the size of your minimum distribution. So there are, there are different options. It's one of those things where we would look at uh, on a one-on-one basis, but you definitely don't need to take them both in the same year. Okay. All right. Great. Great.
And so I think we still have three spots left, Teresa. So, um, you know, if, if, if we have three more callers who are going to get to sit down and develop a comprehensive retirement distribution plan where we're going to analyze your current investments, we're going to look at your goals, we're going to look at the risks that you're going to potentially face in retirement, and we're going to show you how you address those risks and give you a plan that gives you a high degree of confidence when you walk out the door that you're on track, or if you're not on track, it's going to offer you suggestions on how you get yourself back on track. And so, uh, we, like I said, we have three spots left, and um, I think the phone lines are, are lighting up, but um, if you could give them the number one last time. Sure thing. That number is 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Steve's correct. The phones are ringing, folks. He's got three spots left. Get in now. Um, if The first step is to sit down with a financial advisor and put a plan into place. Something we're talking about today resonates with you, whether it's tax planning, health care, or just that overall big picture. You want to give Steve a call, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And if you feel the need to just get that second opinion or you want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals, you want to call Steve and take that stress out of planning for your future because stress has no place in retirement. Again, Steve is an advisor you can trust. He's got over two decades of experience. He's a fiduciary and, you know, he really he really wants to help you out. He listens to your concerns and your plans for your future. Let him put a customizable retirement plan in place for you. Again, get in now, folks. Spots are just about filled up. That number to call Steve, 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. The show goes by so fast every week, and I am looking forward to next weekend with more topics and more questions. It's going to be fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. We enjoy it every weekend. Thanks for listening. All right. See you right back here next weekend for another edition of The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. 